Happy Friday, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about seasonal affective disorder. Great topic for this gloomy day. Then we're going to talk about a model whose head exploded on a flight after plastic surgery. Then lastly, Sarah's going to tell us all about winter fashion. It's coming up right now. Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle with your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co-host, entrepreneur and social media influencer, Sarah Bennett. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us today. As I said, we got some great topics. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. With me is my co-host, Sarah Bennett. And Hi in the guys. box, oh sorry. And in the box, Sarah uh, is the man, the legend, Trelvis. Trelvis, what's up? I, I don't know about legend, but uh, I, you're getting there. I, the man part is correct, but the legend part, I don't know about that one. It's gonna be there. <laughs> I have faith. So, uh, so we got some great topics that we're gonna talk about here in a minute. Um, if you enjoy the show, please leave us a like and subscribe. It really does help it, and we do appreciate you. So uh, I thought we'd kind of go over our, our past week. Uh, my week was uh, unfortunately fairly uneventful. I did go out to Denver for a wedding, which made the weekend just crazy because we left like super early Saturday, uh, you know, got to the wedding right at the time for the rehearsal dinner. Then the next day, a little bit of running around, wedding was Sunday night, and then we left like super early Monday. I think we were at the airport at like 5.30. Yeah, which but totally I love sucks. weddings, so I'm sure it was worth it. It was fun, and like, you know, it was my nephew. Um, I have a couple brothers. It was my oldest brother's uh, son that got married, and we're really close with them. And mm -hmm. so, like, you know, my mom was there, my sister, my brother, uh, all my nephews and nieces. And so, yeah, it was great. Honestly, I, I really enjoyed it. It was hectic, you know, right. like in and out in two days, but, but I really did like it. And That's really dope. I yeah. love weddings. It was a lot of fun. So, and then of course, this week when yeah, we talked I saw about last, you. we had the wine walk. Yeah, yeah. I saw Sarah like not on a show day, which was yeah. kind of nice. Yeah, it was so super um, fun. I, so as uh, as a person who participated in the wine walk, I, I did really like it. It was a lot of fun. I hadn't done that one there in Denton, mm -hmm. and uh, I thought it was really well done. Like you know, going from place to place, we got to see a lot of different like venues. Of course, we stopped into your store. Uh, which was, you know, clothing, and then there was a couple of bars, and then there was the um, the plant store, which was really cool. I actually really liked yeah, that place. Yeah, the Brown Thumb. Brown Thumb, that's how I was trying to remember yeah. the name of it. Yeah, super cute. So I, I really did like that. You know, we ended up, uh, at first we were like, okay, we're just going to go down there for like, you know, an hour. But mm -hmm. we, I don't think we left until, it was like 10 o'clock. 9 or 10. Yeah, yeah, we got there at like, I think 6.30 and left at like 10 o'clock. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fun. Did you get to try any wines you've never had before? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, just with the endless, you know, number of wines. Selection. I mean, there was, yeah. in fact, I think it only had like one or two of them before, yeah. um, you know, because there was, you know, there's just so many, you know, uh, vineyards that, I mean, yeah. it's impossible. Well, that's to try. the whole point, yeah. is to like go there and just try It was good. And there was, you, you know, honestly, I'm going to tell you, one of the most interesting ones that we had, so my wife and I are a big fan of Pinot Noirs, which mm -hmm. is a red wine that's not quite as bold as a Cabernet Sauvignon. And there was this, this, this winery that actually put it in a can, which I, it sounds like sacrilege, yeah. like especially, you know, for people who drink a lot of wine, like wine in a can. But I'm going to tell you, like, the, the <laughs> Pinot Noir was nice. Hey. It was nice, and it was in a can. Like I, I've never heard of wine, and I've heard of wine in a box before, but I've never heard of wine in a can. Oh, it's my different. gosh. My, it's funny, like, my... I don't discriminate. 
it's fine. Really, everything's fine. Yeah. It was I've, kind of a funny <laughs> as long story. Why does it taste good? Like, yeah. I know, I know, but just historically, like wine in a box is considered a little bit lower quality, uh -huh. and um, it was funny. Um, you know, my my wife and I, I think I mentioned we were sommeliers, <laughs> and and my wife can be a little snobby about wine, and we were out somewhere. <laughs> And, uh, you know, my wife's like, get me a wine. It was like a festival or something. And I went up there to get her a drink. And uh, I was like, okay, I need like a Chardonnay. And they, you know, pull out this box. And my wife's like, is that coming out of a box? She's, <laughs> like, she's like, absolutely no. not. <laughs> absolutely not. That is funny. But, um, but anyway, the wine in the can was good. And so and you put on that event, right? Like you yeah, organized the so whole thing, basically. Yeah, so Rose and Thorne hosted it. And my head coordinator was um, my... Um, assistant manager at my store. That's Cassie. Yes, Cassie. Yeah, I like Cassie a lot. Yeah. She's great. She's great. She's actually going to school, back to school, to be an event planner. Oh, like is coordinator. she? Like, that's what she wants to do for her, Shout her out job. Cassie. Yeah. yeah. Shout so out she Cassie. did a really good job. She did do a great job. Like, you know, because we showed up, we didn't even have a ticket. Like, I mean, we were slackers. Like, you know, I, we should bought our tickets ahead of time. And she, like, got us all hooked up and told us where to go and told us, like, what order to go. So, yeah, hats off to Cassie. Yeah. She did a great job. Mm -hmm. And really so, great. yeah, so if you guys live in the Metroplex, it, this is going to be a monthly is, thing. It's going to be monthly. Last Wednesday wow. of every month. Now, I think we are going to take a break in January. Yeah, some of the winter months. Because that's going to be cold. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say that it was a lot of fun. And we, I know we've talked about Denton in the past, but like the square is really nice because everything is in walking distance. Yeah. And like a ton of different things. So Yeah. And it's really cute. Yeah. Our square is cute. I agree. Yeah. So anyway. It's a cute square. Hats yeah. off to that, Ben. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's uh, move on to our first segment today, which is going to be a medical 411. And it's a perfect topic to, for today because outside it is dark, it is cold, it is gloomy, and we're going to be talking about seasonal affective disorder. Now, I really enjoyed last week when we did the questions, mm -hmm. and so I'm not going to hammer you guys like I did last week, but I do have some questions for you guys because I, like I like to have you guys interact. So, all right, Troll, let's fill up the first question. All right, so seasonal affective disorder is a type of herpes, herpes <laughs> cancer, depression, or allergy. So I'm going to give you first shot at this one. Me? Oh, yeah. C. I'm going to go Depression, with Depression, Travis? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to go with C. All right, you guys nailed it. Yeah, so <laughs> seasonal affective disorder is a type of depression. And what makes it kind of different than your run-of-mill depression is that it is basically um, a, it's triggered by seasons, you know, right. most notably winter. And so I want to pull up a second question, and I'm going to answer this one myself. Uh, Travis, pull it up. Oh, uh, no, second one. Oh. All good. So does the beginning of winter change your mood? If so, how? So I'm actually going to speak to this because uh, I I had times in my life where season affective disorder really affected me. When I was doing my surgical training, it was very routine for me to go into the hospital at, say, you know, four or five in the morning, mm -hmm. and then I wouldn't leave work until six or seven o'clock at so night. It was dark. So like basically I'd wake up mm. and it was dark going to the hospital, of course, you know, hospitals like a casino almost, like mm -hmm. it, depending on where you're at, it may not be windows, especially if you're you know, doing surgery and stuff. And so basically I'd wake up in the dark, go home in the dark, and it would be like that for months and months. And like, I, I tell you, like it, it really affected me. And, and honestly, to this day, like I have this dread of winter because mm -hmm. I, 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 I mean, I, I don't feel like it affects me to the point that, you know, my, my life is altered but i have this dread uh yeah. because i i just hated those times in my life where basically i didn't see the sun so i do you guys 
even think about that or? I do. I think I definitely get like a kick in my step whenever I feel the cold air though. Really? Like that crisp well, and feeling. And there are people out there I that like really that. like winter. Yeah. But I don't like it when it drags on. Like even <laughs> in the summer, like I love yeah. when it starts getting warmer, but it's like, gosh, will it stop? Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how I am every season when it changes. Yeah. So. Travis, I'm kind of the opposite. I, I love the winter. I, Do like, you? As much like as a extrovert as I can be, I'm an introvert like naturally. Okay. So I like to be like inside. Huddled down, got Man, a blanket, like, like some cocoa. Scary movie, dark house, cold. I, I love, get that. I mean. I love it. I will say that like. How many during... fuzzy blankets do you have? Don't lie. <laughs> I got like I got like two. <laughs> I got like two. And I always get a lot of slack on social media for it, but I have like two. <laughs> okay, I have like a way way more than that. I'm sure. So I'm we're not sure. gonna talk so, about it. I mean I hate to like derail this whole conversation, but do you know you guys have a weighted blanket? Yes. Oh, wait, no, I don't I, Yeah, Travis, you gotta check them out. So we have a weighted blanket. Is how heavy is yours? Do you know? Um, not that heavy. Okay, like, so the one we have very is very light, but it's heavy. The one we have is fifteen me. pounds. It's oh, like, wow. they go up to like 25 pounds. Like, yeah, and so I, I have it, like my wife hates it. Every once in a while I'll throw it on the bed. But man, it's like, you get that blanket on you and like, it's like, you can't even move. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, I have a blanket. It's like one of my favorites. It ha it's like a velvet. Oh, so it's so a little it's really heavier soft. than, yeah. but it's heavy too. Oh, it's heavy also. Because it's like the velvet fabric. Travis, you got to check out a weighted blanket. Don't go too I heavy to. though. Maybe yeah. get like a five pound, maybe it ten. Feels like a well, hug. So I'm a, I'm a, it's like a hug. I'm a kind of big guy, so I think I could go a little heavier. Fifteen pounds might be okay, but golly, I know your your wife is like very petite, so when she's <laughs> I know, under, it's like crushing. Yeah, <laughs> Fifteen pound weight. She doesn't blanket. like it at all. She always like she's complains like, about no. it. That is hilarious. <laughs> all right, but anyway, I was gonna say. Uh, uh, you know, speaking to what you said, Travis, about like kind of hunkering down. I, in the summer, you know, like here in Texas, it's like bright, it's sunny, it's hot. I do appreciate the occasional day like this where it's dark and like you're at your house and you're mm -hmm. just kind of like, you know, you know, it's time just to like, you know, relax. It's a good day to like, if it's raining, I'll say, oh, it's a good day to like watch a movie, yeah. like on the couch and like and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I like you said though, when it drags on, that's when it gets to be right, a little yeah. much. Yes. Well, uh, so seasonal effect is word, getting us back on track here, which I derailed is, so nobody like feel bad. Um, it, 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 it is the time for the start. So like late October, early November is generally when seasonal affective disorder starts to affect people. So right about now, and that's why you know, I wanted to talk about it, that there is a summer variant. There are mm -hmm. people that actually don't like the brightness and the heat of summer. So there is a very rare summer variant that's documented that it's seasonal affective for summer where people get depressed in the summer. Um, so if you look in the United States, about 5% of people suffer from seasonal affected stores. So it's like one in 20. I mean, that's quite a bit. Yeah. And, and a bigger number of 10 to 20% suffer from what's called the winter blues. I feel like that's more like me. Like I kind of get the winter blues. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't feel like I maybe have full on seasonal affect disorder. The symptoms are very similar, but just less severe. So, all right, I got one more. I got, well, I got a couple more questions, but <laughs> throw up the next question, Travis. All right. So this is just A or B. Who's more at risk for seasonal affective disorder? Travis, I'm going to let you go first. Is it a young female in Alaska with a history of depression, or is it a middle-aged white man in Miami with no medical history? Um, so I will say A, just because a? of the history of depression. All right. Sarah? A. A. Man, you guys are killing it. All right. <laughs> so people with the highest risk of seasonal affective disorder, um, one is anybody that has a mood disorder, so okay. history of depression or bipolar. Next is women. For whatever reason, women are more affected by, by seasonal not sure why. There's no, I mean, no one's ever found a link. It's not like it's 
estrogen related or, or whatever, but it's, there's definitely a correlation with women having more risk. Also being young. Young people are more at risk for seasonal affective disorder than older people, which all, to me makes no sense, but it is what it is. Interesting. Um, next, uh, the next two things are kind of regional to where you live. So if you live really far north, so say Alaska, yeah. the, in the winter, there's basically no sun at all. Yeah. And so the closer you live to the equator, the less seasonal affective disorder affects you. The further away from the equator, north or south, the more it affects you. And lastly, regions where you have a lot of cloud cover. So like, I would say Seattle is like a good example. Like it's always kind of, you know, dreary and rainy yeah. up there. So you get more incidents of seasonal affective disorder up there. So, all right, so next we're gonna talk about symptoms. Travis, throw up the next question. All right, uh, Sarah, you get to go first. What is not a symptom of seasonal affective disorder? Sadness or depression, washboard abs, weight gain, fatigue and lack of energy. What is not? I'm gonna go with B. Washboard abs? Yeah. Travis? I will go with sadness and, no, I'm just playing, uh, B. <laughs> yeah, I think I made the B. questions too easy. I felt bad because I like You're <laughs> like, I will go with herpes. <laughs> I hammered you guys last week with some pretty like stiff medical questions, and, but you guys are crushing it. All right, I know I got to go somewhere in between with my question difficult. Yeah, but that's exactly right. So some of the symptoms of seasonal affective disorder are very similar to the symptoms of just basic depression. You got sadness, feelings of loneliness, you've got overeating, weight gain. So that's you know how it kind of correlates. Sitting with, on the couch watching movies. Sitting on the snacks. couch watching movies. Um, trouble concentrating, you know, sleeping too much, you know, uh, and fatigue and lack of energy. So symptoms that are very similar to, um, to depression. And yeah. uh, it's good to know the symptoms because if you feel like you're having seasonal affective disorder, you can make it better. There are treatments. And so um, the uh, next thing that I have for us is... Uh, I think I would buy a sun lamp. Right. Yeah, that's right. Boy, you're, you're crushing it. Yes, oh. Sun lamp is correct. Yeah. All right. So uh, I do want to talk about the causes and then we'll get to the treatment. So the biggest cause I think for seasonal affective disorder is the lack of sunlight. Yeah. Um, because sunlight does affect your biological clock. You know, if your biological clock gets off, so like me where like I'm going into work, you know, at dark and then coming home at dark, my biological clock like doesn't really yeah. know what to do. And that's been shown to give people symptoms. Also less sunlight does affect things like serotonin, right. which is the neurotransmitter that makes us be happy. So if mm -hmm. there's less sunlight, you get less serotonin. Also vitamin D deficiency also affects serotonin in a negative way. And lastly, decrease of sun increases uh, melatonin, which can have a negative effect on your mood. So, all right, the next question. I think this is the last question I have for uh -huh. you. Is how do you diagnose seasonal defective disorder? Do you do it? by going to a Facebook group, a Reddit page, going to your doctor, or consult your magic eight ball. <laughs> the magic eight ball is hilarious. <laughs> um, I will say your doctor, C. All right, you guys are 100%. You guys killed it, man. I'm I hard. wanted to say Facebook group, but I fought the urge. I fought the urge. Good job, Travis, good job, yeah. So it is important to visit with your doctor uh, because you wanna make sure that if you are having symptoms that it's not a larger problem or a problem so severe that you might wanna take medication. Yeah. And so that's where seeing a doctor who can walk you through your symptoms and their severity is important. So I yeah. encourage people, if you're having symptoms of seasonal affective disorder that you feel like affects your life in any significant fashion, it is worth talking to your doctor about that. Yeah. And so lastly, we are gonna talk about treatments. You nailed it. The, the, sun lamp. Yep, sun lamp. So I got a picture of that, there's a sun lamp. These are special lamps. They're not just like normal lights. They, they mimic sunlight and, 
and the wavelengths of sunlight to a certain degree without the harmful effects. Right. And they're not like a tanning bed. Yeah, it's not like a tanning. <laughs> yeah, in fact, that was a thing that when I was, you know, I always do research anything I talk I'm about. I'm allergic was, to tanning beds. You're allergic to the tanning bed? Yeah, I got I broke out in a rash. One really? Time. Yeah. I did not like Was it, it like per, maybe something you put on your skin? I think it might have been. Did you use Crisco? No. <laughs> That's what we used to do back I'm, in the 80s. We like rub Crisco on our stuff. Yeah, so you get that deep tan. Pores just clogged. I'm talking about. <laughs> Dude, we were dumb back then. We didn't know any better. Like, I'm we were like, like I would like think like baby oil. Baby oil? You're hardcore. Well, we were hardcore about getting a good tan, man. You had to have that good tan. Dr. Herman just Your mom was probably like, where's my Crisco apple? Bacon grease. <laughs> Mother put butter, butter on yeah, myself. But yeah. Just whatever you can find in the yeah. kitchen. Well, anyway, yeah. so you shouldn't use a tanning bed for seasonal affected disorder. Right. That, it's preferred that you use like you the special light. You might be happy light. if you get tan. That's you might. It might help, but it's hard for a doctor to say, okay, go to a tanning bed. Because really, we tell you not to do that. Sure. No, I won't do that. I used to do it in the past, but like I said, I know you better. Spray tan. Um, so antidepressants sometimes can be prescribed. Now, I'm not saying that everyone who gets a little sad needs antidepressants. I'm not saying that at all. But if it is significant enough or severe enough, it might be something your doctor recommends. The other things are having more outdoor time during the day. So if you're affected by seasonal affective disorder, if you can set aside time during daylight yeah. hours to be outside, that's gonna help you. I love it. And then lastly, things like vitamin D supplements can help and as well as having new hobbies. So like, mm -hmm. and this goes for just depression in general, like, you know, if you're feeling down on yourself, like getting a new hobby to kind of get your mind focused on something yeah. else can sometimes. I feel like there's like seasonal hobbies too, something yeah. that you don't have to like do. And it'd also be great, like, I mean, that's a that's very good because, like, if you can get a hobby that's specific to the season where, mm -hmm. you know, that, it, that you maybe get down, so, like, winter, so, like, you know, like skiing or snowboarding, which around here in Texas is kind of hard, but yeah. I, we'd have to kind of think about it. Maybe, like, maybe since it's a little, since we're in Texas, um, it's usually so hot outside, people usually don't do, like, aren't outside as long, but so maybe, like, going for walks more. Yeah. Yeah, when and it's not free. Because here, hiking, the, you know, going for like a hike or yeah. something. I mean, more. in Texas in January, it could be like 60 degrees, which yeah. would be great, like hiking yeah. weather. Yeah. So, all right. Well, if you like this uh, segment about seasonal affective disorder, please leave us a like, throw us a comment. We want to hear what your thoughts are about this, and any questions we get, we'll answer on our next show. So, all right. So uh, we're going to do a segment, and I'm going to rant and rave. So you guys better <laughs> yes. get ready, and I want to hear you guys' opinion. So I have a picture that shows exactly. This segment, throw it up there. Yep, that's it. This is a Nip Tuck 911, and it is a dumpster fire. <laughs> so um, I kept seeing this article floating around on my social media, and I just kept swiping. I was like, nope, nope, I'm not, I'm not getting in this. Not going to do it. And then it got picked up by the networks, got put on Yahoo, it got put on New York Post, and so you know, I pulled this. Yeah, here it is. So social media model, and I'm, I'm putting. I know you guys can't see me. I'm doing quotes here. Model <laughs> yes. says that her head exploded during a plastic surgery flight. I hope she's okay. Yeah, she's okay. She, she, well, her head, her head's still there. So she's, I'll, I'll, she's not looking cute, though. We'll get to that. So this all started. So it, it's crazy, and so I, I, it blows my mind that that now we live in an age where a random person can post something to TikTok and that becomes national news. It blows my mind. Yeah. This, this TikTok video, and we're gonna watch it here, has like eight million views. I mean, that's pretty, pretty heavy. I have one TikTok that's got five or six million, which is crazy to think that 
you know, something like that could be national news. Man. But I, we're going to watch it. So this is the one that, that started it all, and there's some follow-ups, and we'll talk about them. So roll, roll it. Ten seconds. Oh my god. I am like That's why I kept swiping. I saw that I was like, nope, nope, swipe, swipe, and it just kept showing up. Have you did you see it? Alright, have you guys seen that? I've never seen that. You haven't seen it? I saw I I did see the story. You saw the story. Okay, well we're about to unpack this. (laughs) So so I saw that and of course I wanna know what happens, right? I mean head exploded. Immediately I knew that this story was gonna be a huge nothing burger. Right, yeah, overly drag. So I was forced, well not forced, but obligated <laughs> to watch her follow-up videos to that. And you know, TikTok limits you to three minutes, right? So she's telling the story of this, right? And so I watched the first three minute video and she basically got like 0% of the way through the story. So then I had to watch another one and she's like, okay, I'm gonna get it all this time. So I ended up watching five three minute videos. That's 15 minutes of my life. I'm never well, gonna get Well, good for her, she got you. Yeah, I know, right? I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, so, I, I did finally get the story of like what happened to this girl, and uh, this is a huge nothing burger. Like, I mean, this story, I don't know why this got picked up by the media. So, this girl has surgery, she gets on a plane, and she gets up, and she walks to the bathroom, and suddenly she feels some fluid. And so, she, she described the fluid, and so, me being a doctor, I immediately kind of picked up that this was just a seroma, which we've talked about with seroma. Seromas are mm-hmm. fluid collections. So right. like if you make an incision on somebody and they you know, don't have a drain or whatever might happen, they can collect fluid under their incisions. And so basically this fluid leaked out of her incision. Like that right. was the explosion of, of, her, of her head. Yeah, um, also like the whole model part. So this, she's a model, she's, she's on OnlyFans. Right, because it popped up initially as like model. Like I'm thinking, like you know, oh, runway model, Mm. like you know, Victoria's Secret model. (laughs) This is only you guys are familiar with OnlyFans, of course. Oh, I get asked all the time if I'm ever going to make one on my social media, (laughs) and it's no, no, I'm never going to make one. I mean, we could have a whole conversation about OnlyFans, (laughs) and like, listen, I mean, I respect anyone. Who's out there? Got that hustle. Who's out there hustling and out there making a living for themselves? And so I am absolutely not dogging OnlyFans people at all. But I mean, to say that it's a model is a little bit deceiving. <laughs> this model term is getting looser and looser. I feel like that's like loose. me saying like I'm an actress now because I'm on this talk show. <laughs> no, exactly. Like oh, now you're an actress, right? Yeah. I'm like uh, what? <laughs> so yeah. So this model whose head exploded, like all of that is just basically. None of it's like really true. Um, and so, and the other part too is that the plastic surgery she had was, was cat eye surgery, oh, um, wow. oh. which we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that. But the interesting thing, one of the most interesting things about this when I started digging into it is, so cat eye surgery, and I know we've talked about this, but we'll just recap. So cat eye surgery is basically where you take your eyes and you pull them this way. And that can be done with threading, which is putting sutures in there to pull it back, or surgery, which would be called a canthoplasty. Um, I do canthoplasties for like people who are older that get laxity of the lower eyelid, but when I do the canthoplasty, I'm just correcting them to normal. I'm not mm-hmm. overcorrecting yeah, to not get that cat eye. It, yeah. And so, um, you know, we're, we're gonna talk about 
cat eye surgery in a little bit more in a second. But my, my biggest kind of like scra head scratcher of this whole thing is when she described it, she said that the fluid came out from behind her ear. Well, that's not the incision for a canthoplasty. It's not even close. The canthoplasty incision's under your eye. And so I think she maybe had a facelift or a neck lift, or the surgeon just had no idea what they were doing. Like, I, it, none of it makes sense to me as a surgeon. It looks like she's gotten a lot done. It does. Past. Yeah, I mean, she, I, there's a lot to unpack for this girl, and, and no <laughs> offense to her, but like, but yeah. Um, so I found that really odd that, you know, she said, oh, well, I had this cat eye surgery, but then when she described the incisions, it's the wrong incision. So yeah. it, she may have had the, it looks like she had, a canthoplasty, right. and, and maybe they did threading in addition to like a facelift neck mm -hmm. lift. I mean, she looks kind of young to get a facelift neck lift, but I don't know how old she is. Maybe she's not that young. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, is that usually where incisions are? Yeah, so like if you're doing a facelift neck lift, it like goes around your ear like this and behind your ear, mm -hmm. and and it is possible to collect fluid behind that. Maybe I, she was like tightening up her She could, her like jaw. her neckline, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, th maybe she didn't want to say that because that's, it, it kind of makes her seem older. You know, it's like, oh, I had to get a necklace. Well, she was wearing that thing around her face. She was, you're right, yeah. Dang, Sarah, you, I mean, that's so <laughs> obvious too, and I just didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. I, um, she, she did probably have a neck lift, I would guess. You're but welcome. You, very good, that's why I have you here, man. You pick out those things. So uh, anyway, th this whole thing is just, as I said, a dumpster fire, but it's worth talking about because there are some things we can learn from this story. And uh, yeah, this story, <laughs> you like that? What, Jack. What can we learn? This is a cautionary tale of what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> so the things that I wanted to kind of uh, get out there about this is the one part I did mention, because I was saving it for now, is <laughs> this girl is from the UK mm -hmm. and she went to Turkey to get her surgery done. Hmm. And you say no to that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're basically going from a first world country to, with Turkey, it's second world, but a lot of times medical tourism, which is what this is called, is, you know, around here people go, you know, from the United States to Mexico right. or Costa Rica. So you're going from like a first world country where the regulation of facilities, the regulation of doctors and who can do what surgery is pretty good. And, and I know I've rant and raved about even mm -hmm. here in the United States that plastic surgery can be sketchy mm -hmm. because there's ways that people get around, you know, doing procedures they shouldn't. Yeah. But in like in a foreign country, I mean, who knows what you're getting? You know, also you have things like the language barrier, you know, I mean, I'm sure they have like interpreters, but like, I mean, I speak fluent Spanish. So when I have, you know, Spanish speaking only patients, like I can, I can talk to them, but like even things like regional dialects for that, like make a difference. So like, yeah. I have to like really make sure that patients understand what I'm telling them. You know, the other big problem in medical tourism is there's no follow-up. Like, you know, you're there, you might go see your doctor like the day after surgery, but like, like for me, when I operate on somebody, my usual routine is I operate on them, I see them three to four days later, mm -hmm. then I see them one to two weeks later, and then I see them two months later. And sometimes for things like that are more complex, like a tummy tuck, there's like visits in between. Yeah. You don't get that if you're going to another country and then leaving. Like it just. I feel like that's just so weird. Like you, like why would you go to like a discount store? Money. Well, I know, get, like right. To get something. Yeah. Like you're gonna be it's, put to sleep. I know. Like I mean, there's certain things you that you. I, there's certain <laughs> things that you don't want to go to the lowest bidder, like yeah. surgery, pilots, like you know, like Thanks. like. You just don't want the person who's willing to do it at the cheapest price necessarily doing it. Yeah. But people do it all the time. The other two big issues that I have with medical tourism is 
If you have a complication, it's most likely going to be in the 5 to 14 day range, and that's when people are already gone. Mm -hmm. So they go, they go and get these surgeries, they come back to their home, and then they have the complication. And I see this all the time because I still work at a, at a trauma center, and about once a month to once every two months, I will get a patient that went abroad for surgery and is having some bad complication. Yeah. And I've seen people get permanently botched, like stuff so bad that even I, where I do revisionary work, I can't fix it. Right. And I've even known of people that have died going out of the country having surgery. I'm sure it's harder to like um, try to fix something like that when you had no sure. input uh, totally. into it. Yeah, so you're yeah, like absolutely. And plus people don't want to do it. it. Like I, I feel bad for people. I don't want to do it. Like if somebody goes and gets botched, like I mean, you know, dealing with the complication in the immediate time frame is is not desirable. Yeah. I do it, you know, one because I feel bad for people and two because I, you know, I'm obligated to take call at yeah. the hospital. But yeah, I mean, you'll get like so say you go out of the country and you call like random plastic surgery offices, like mm -hmm. say I'm having a problem, like they're going to say, "Sorry." Most people will say, "Sorry, you need to go to the ER." Yeah. You know? Do you ever watch that show, Botched? I do. I did. I no. I mean, I, I've seen a couple episodes just, you know, out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like you know, people always used to ask me, "Do you watch ER?" You know, like back when I did like trauma and stuff. I was like, no, because like, I mean, I live that stuff. Like, you yeah. know. But those guys are pretty good. Debro and the other guy, I forget his name. Like, I, I, I watched it honestly to judge those guys. You know, because like, I mean, I, I'm a specialist in what I do, and mm -hmm. I do the exact same stuff. I do like botch people, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, I wonder if they're really good. They're pretty good. I mean, the even, stuff- Even if he's not like pretty good, that, that name is is epic. Debro? Debro, I know, it's name. very, I know. <laughs> Debro. It's a good name, like, I agree. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's, it carries that, that weight. Yeah. Absolutely, that's Debro. But the last thing about like, the bad thing about medical tourism <laughs> is there's no recourse for malpractice. Like yeah. this girl, had, she ended up having other complications. Like what's I'm her- I'm sure it costs more money than right. If you, to yeah. fix it, if you have complications, yeah. So the other thing I want to bring up is the cat eye surgery. Just briefly, because we've talked about this, don't do it. I mean, the threading is bad. There's complications from that. The surgery where you actually do the canthoplasty to overcorrect. I mean, basically, you're taking a functional part of your face, which is your eyelid, and you're altering it purposefully. That's non-physiologic. So I mean, it can have potentially disastrous complications. Mm. Um, so. You know, it's just not a good idea. I can't imagine any respectable plastic surgeon in the United States is doing that. And maybe that's why she went out of the country, you know, yeah. honestly. And then the last thing I want to talk about is when is it okay to travel after surgery? You know, that's a great question. So say you're yeah. going to have surgery. When can I travel? When can I get on a plane? So it does really depend on a few factors. One, did you have a surgery where pressure can be in effect? So it, it, we, we didn't really talk about, you know, why did she suddenly leak on a plane? Well... When you're on an airplane and you're at altitude, of course the cabin is pressurized, but it's not pressurized to atmospheric pressure. Mm -hmm. It's it's around the equivalent of 7,000 feet of altitude, okay? And so you're you're getting a lowering of the PSI or pressure per square inch by about three. Mm -hmm. So if you had a seroma that was under atmospheric pressure in your body and suddenly you were in a lower pressure place, it could leak out. And, yeah. and, and maybe it just happened or maybe it was the pressure. And so are there surgeries where that becomes more important? I mean, I think things like ocular surgery where like you make an incision on the eyeball and the pressure on the inside of the eye is a certain pressure. And if you were in a plane, would that low pressure potentially cause a rupture of that incision? Yeah. Possibly. So, I mean, I think there are a couple surgeries, pretty rare where it can be very critical about pressure. Um, but then, you know, from just more of a safety standpoint, so like, 
like if I'm doing something minor on somebody, like maybe I'm taking off a skin cancer and I say, when can I travel? I'd be like, you can travel the next day. Yeah. There's nothing about this that is, you know, so serious that you couldn't travel. So then I think about maybe like a moderate surgery, like a breast augmentation. Yeah. I do lots of those, you know, maybe liposuction. I would say for that, maybe a few days, you know, you know, four or five days, as long as you're doing okay, you could probably travel. And then lastly, like major surgery, like which for me is different than major surgery for other specialties. Like for me, major surgery is like, you know, maybe like a tummy tuck or breast reconstruction. For that, probably a couple weeks. Yeah. So I think if you're having surgery and you want to travel, you, you should talk to your surgeon and ask them, okay, I have this trip planned, when can I travel? Yeah, so. I know, even when I go on a plane, my feet get swollen. Do they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so definitely getting up and walking around can help that. Yeah. Um, it's hard to put your feet up in a plane, really it's impossible because you're kind of crammed in there, but. Not you, for some people. Some people will be putting their feet on them. Feet up, like, like on the next Yeah, seat. have you yeah, seen I those know. videos? <laughs> we could have a whole segment about airplane protocol. Ultra, ultra comfortable. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, uh, yeah, I thought this whole thing was just a mess. Like, I almost felt bad talking about it because I'm like, pro you know, here I am doing the exact same thing that I'm like dogging all these media, com you know, media companies for doing. But well, I appreciate the myth buster of it uh, because I, I, I saw the story and I was thinking the same thing. Like, I wonder how true or how real that is. Like, zero. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it, I mean, it, it's terrible. Like, yeah. I just don't, and, you know, and I, 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 I don't know. I could be on a soapbox of like, why is this national news? Why are we bringing attention to this? Like, right. but you know, I mean, for us, like we get a pass because we're talking about. Cause the, she literally said my face exploded. Right, right. Yeah. We're talking about like things that you can learn from this, but like, you know, CNN picks it up because oh, they want to get clicks or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. so it's in reality, her, her ear leaked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In reality, <laughs> nothing happened. And yeah. Whoops. <laughs> so anyway, well, if you like this story, please leave us a like. Throw us a comment. Uh, we'd like to hear what you think about this story. Or if you have any questions about things like traveling and surgery, please let us know. So, all right, Sarah, I understand that you are going to quiz us. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, just a little bit. So oh. me and Travis are going to. Tiny, tiny, Travis, tiny. It's on, buddy. Like, <laughs> we shall see. Okay. All right. We shall see. <laughs> okay, so I know last time we talked about uh, fall fashion, so we're going to talk about winter fashion. It's right, kind of the it's right same. around the corner. It has a lot of the same stuff, but I didn't uh, put in guys okay, uh, okay. trends just because <laughs> it really doesn't change. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's easier. I'm I know, sorry. I know. I get it. Well, I do about change your horrible life. colors and <laughs> patterns and stuff for the winter, but, yeah. but yes. yes. Okay. All right. So. Okay. So first picture. Okay. Right off the bat. What do you think the trend is for all of these? Uh, who goes first? Um, you. You can go first. I think the trend is high boots. Uh, and shorter skirts and dresses. Okay. Travis? Um, yeah, I would say, I know it's something with the boots. Um, <laughs> I say boots and um, the, like the long jackets, like the the boots and the long like sleeves, I guess. How about that? Okay, okay. Well, it's just one trend, but y'all both have, were on the right track. It's the boots, the but boots. they're a specific type of boot. Those are oh. Western style boots. Oh. So Western style boots Western style are boots. on trend, but not in the way that you think they are. So like, yes, you typically wear Western shoes with mm -hmm. like Western clothing. Right. So this is so wearing... the trend is to wear them with things that are not oh, considered nice. Western. Oh, okay. Well, I, I will say, and Travis, I want to get your opinion on this. Sure. Like when I see those pictures, like if I saw somebody dressed like that, I'd be like, you look sharp, you know? Absolutely. I mean, and I, I like, I like fashion. So like when I see somebody that looks dressed sharp, like I'm like, oh, you look sharp. I, I thought those women look great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Super cute. Very yeah. fashionable. No, super fashionable. Get it, yeah. girl. I, I like the green. I like mm-hmm. the, the green skirt and the green. Green's I'm my wearing, favorite color. I'm wearing a green skirt today. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> geniuses pick green. That's oh, the wow. color the geniuses pick. That's yeah. so funny. That's I don't know why color. that is. Uh, there you we go, have a lot of green at my store this yeah. month. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, next one. Okay, so spot the trend here. Ooh, uh, Travis, you want to go first? Okay, so the trend that I spot here is uh, like a sports jacket with mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. kind of like not a sport jacket type outfit that's yes off the top that's what i see what do you think Doctor? so i'm gonna say that the trend is for a more business-like uh like a more business-like projection so kind of what Trevor was saying about jacket but like even more so like they all look it's almost like a masculine type business projection mm. for sure so like this it. trend is called suiting suiting yeah okay all right. So, yeah, so the first girl in the, uh, like, topish, like, cr- uh, creamier-looking jacket, with it's kind of, she's wearing, like, Air Force Ones, I think. Um, yeah. But, yeah, she's just wearing an oversized blazer with, like, normal casual clothes. And then, obviously, um, the girl next to her is wearing a set, but still looking very casual. And then the two girls that are walking together are definitely more upscale, mm-hmm. classic suits. Mm-hmm. And then the other girl to the left, I mean, to the very right, um, she's just wearing jeans and a blazer, but she still looks um, like she's going out somewhere, yeah. like not casual. So I look at those, and I don't know if I love the look, but I will say that I appreciate I appreciate it. Like yeah. I would look at that person and be like, you know what you're doing. I mean I'm, I'm definitely wearing that trend right now. Mine's not as oversized, but this is like yeah. a leather blazer. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the, I look. Like the trend. I like yeah. the look. It's very like um kind of throwbackish. It's like mm-hmm. ni- and I like 90s stuff too. So mm. like it's very kind of throwbackish. I kinda like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I love it too. Right yeah. All right, what do we got? All right, okay. so is it so spot the trend? Is it me? Bellas. So yes. the trend is for outrageous in your face colors. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That, that pop of color, you could just kind of see it. It's, it's like you said, it's in your face. Yeah. So yeah, the trend is like a neon color, but specifically these colors. So really? acid green and aquamarine. So um, the chick, uh, obviously, with the aquamarine. Um, jacket she's looking super cute and it always every single picture i found with aquamarine they were wearing this brown color with it so it does look not in fact it looks the, really good oddly enough the colors of my like personal office are it's not quite aquamarine but it's similar blue and brown they yeah. just look really sharp together yeah they do and then obviously this neon like acid green i think it looks really fun so i'm gonna throw out there that i think like the head to toe neon green. It's a little much for me. Yeah. I, I, I don't love it. But on the other side, it still looks good with the brown. I saw a lot with, with the, the acid green with the brown. I would like to see that. Yeah. 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 But I really liked this girl with the skirt. She's I do wearing too. that's um, super sharp. Yeah. I think that looks good. The jacket's cute. sharp too. I think my favorite has to be the girl in the second picture. She mm-hmm. looks familiar, but like it's I Haley I do. Baldwin. I, that's who I thought it was. Oh, and then that's I'm, dang. Joking. I'm joking. I did not think it was. Oh, that's Blake Lively on the on the far right, I wearing like all green. This isn't bad, but yeah. I like yeah. I like Dude, that's the like the next level see. question. All right, what's the trend and who's wearing it? <laughs> Which Thanks. celebrity do you see? Thanks. Yeah, I really like bright colors. I'll be. Ha- I'm I'm getting a lot of bright color right. colors in my store for December. I think it has to do with seasonal depression, honestly. Mm. It does bright make colors. it more lively. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, what do we got next? All right, spot the trend here. Ooh, Travis. Okay, this one is a little tougher. Um, but I'll say no sleeves, um, but maybe like a tighter neck. 
I guess, or maybe like a more fitted neck. What do you think, doctor? <laughs> I mean, I think Travis said, I think it's sleeveless. Wait, is the... shoulder pads. Maybe like, it's like a stiffer oh. shoulder. <laughs> they all kind of have like the stiffness ring, in the shoulder. Ding, ding, ding. He it? got it as his shoulder pads? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, good job, Travis. Man, you So you can it. do it like super dramatic, like yeah. runway style. So like, like you look like a football player? Yeah, you can do it that way. Or yeah. like even like pointier, like... You know what I'm saying? Like pauldrons. But I think, yes. <laughs> like just you out of control. You don't get to say pauldrons very often, so. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. I didn't what, mean to <laughs> What I would good. do. What I would do. Settle down. Right, what I'm I would good. do. I'm, good. I'm calm. <laughs> what I would do is call this a more structured shoulder. So that's okay. why blazers are really in style right now because, or the suiting, because Usually suits or blazers have a little bit of a more structured shoulder for you. Mm. So these, um, like, I guess tank top style mm. shirts, they have shoulder pads in them. But this girl on the left here, she Dude. is just wearing a leather, she's wearing a leather top, but it's more structured. So it just looks sharper. I just want to tell you that I think that that girl on the left in that black leather shirt looks sick. Like, yeah. I like the shoulders. I love that. Like, it's also following another trend, too, that you're going to see. Oh, so I like the I like material. It. I like that little thing in the middle there, like with the exposure. Mm -hmm. That thing is awesome. Yeah. Like, if I saw somebody wearing that, I'd be like, mm, very nice. Yeah. 10 right. out of 10. Yeah, it's definitely a 10 out of 10. All right. All right. Is it me this time? Yeah. Spot the trend. Oh, spot the trend. All right. Uh, so we got longer uh, dresses. I see purses on two of them, but not the third. Oh, man. This one's tough. Uh, I'm going to say you wear something heavy up top with a longer dress on bottom. That's what okay. I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. Like a, a long skirt with an oversized, like you know, top, basically. Yeah. So. Is that it? I mean, yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> yeah. so the trend is really the trend is just maxi dresses or skirts. Okay. Maxi so that's what you dress. call so, those. You call those maxi, maxi dresses. dresses. Uh huh. So okay. like you call what do you call a shirt a skirt that's short? Uh, mini skirt. Yeah. Okay. So maxi <laughs> and a mini. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know. <laughs> We give, we give the most men. Of answers. course, men know what mini skirts <laughs> yeah. are. Daisy Dukes. No, no, not skirts. Sorry. <laughs> we give right. the most men answers. So I will say, yeah. um, I mean, not that anyone cares what my opinion is, but yeah. I will say that, like, I don't know if I love those as much it's as It's not the other my ones. favorite trend. Yeah, I, no. I don't know if I like that as much. One, yeah. because I'm short and this trend looks awful. Oh, on right. Me. Yeah. It looks This is so like bad vertically challenged. Yeah, it makes challenged. short people look real short. Yeah. Even though I have maxi We're going to give this skirts, one a thumbs down. Yeah, even though I have maxi skirts, I'm like, every time I put them on, I'm just like, I'm gonna go ahead and not do that today. Yeah. You gotta play to your strengths, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. We can't, we can't do that for five foot. No. All right, what do we got? Ooh. Think, yeah. Okay, Travis, what knock it think? out of the park, buddy. Okay, so this one, I'm gonna say uh, the white wall is the trend. The white wall in the back. Yes, totally, yes. <laughs> for no. sure, for sure, for sure. So like the uh, the commando boots, like the, yeah. the real aggressive military style type boots, oversized boots. Aggressive, yes. There yeah. we go. Dude, I think that those are sick. Like, I like yeah. those for men, I like them for, I think they're even better for women because so you really, don't expect yeah. one woman to wear something like that. So it's really just the chunkiness yeah. of the mm, boot. So you boot. can do, you could buy um, like a combat boot, but if it's not chunky, it's not the trend. So it has to be like, um, like over the top. Yes, it has to be platform. Like it, it looks like to you could like super, curb stomp like hippies or yeah, something, right? It has to look like <laughs> it, like I don't know if you've ever um, seen those commercials for Bratz dolls. Like it has to look. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like super, 
Super thick soles. Yes. Yeah. They almost look like apocalyptic, right? Like yeah. Mad Max. No, I think it's super cool. Like, yeah. I, I honestly, I've liked those from like the 90s and I never stopped liking them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wear, I mean, I don't wear them that thick because like functionally, but like mm -hmm. I like that kind of black leather boot look. I mean. Yeah. I I'm not them. really a big fan of the oversized boots for some reason. Really? I, I don't like, I don't know what it is. I just, I, I guess because it's like, it's, it looks heavy. I guess. It's like just, wearing it or seeing somebody wearing yeah, it? Both. Both, okay. <laughs> I know Doc Martens can be heavy really? when, they're, when they're the chunky kind, but a lot of them are not. Makes sense. Yeah. Travis is, is the tennis shoe guy. Oh, I, bet yeah. you have a, I bet you have an awesome collection of tennis shoes. Do it's, you? It's all right. It's not bad? <laughs> it's not I'm bad. like, do you have any Yeezys? Because you about, you about have to get rid of those. I mean, or keep them and sell them for more because they done. I do, have, I do have a pair. Yeah, Kanye got dropped by Adidas. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Because he, he says It takes me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kanye, that's a whole other story. Hey, Kanye's kind of fallen from grace. Maybe he would come on the show. Like, I mean, we could yeah. have him. Like, He's like looked at as a staff person so yeah i mean yeah. you know like one day kanye come we'll have you buddy like uh, <laughs> you give us a on? call give us a call kanye have your people reach oh out gosh. next stream <laughs> <laughs> okay oh my god uh i forgot who's turning it. i think it's mine okay uh it's Haley so baldwin again too these look Definitely. like oh. the old i'm sorry oh it's Haley baldwin yeah. again so these look like the old school like 80s jackets or like well, the one on the left looks like the old school, like vinyl, that you, like the athletic jackets mm -hmm. you would see all the time in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, so I'm going to say this is retro jackets. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What do you think? Same thing. Um, I like the starter Bulls jacket. That's really dope. Yeah, so the trend is a bomber jacket <laughs> or varsity style jacket. Yeah. Cool. So those like are it. the trends. A little bit oversized and uh, just. Yeah. A varsity that's, style. That's, that's coming yeah. still over from the fall. Yeah. yeah so. Haley Baldwin, yeah, yeah, it's from the I fall. Remember your episode. Um, so Haley Baldwin was actually wearing the varsity style was jacket. She? Yeah. So I have var so I have varsity style jackets at my yeah. store. Like yeah. what teams? Oh, is it, are they specific teams? No, or? it's just like blank. Blank. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that though. We need yeah. to get one that says Nip Top. Okay. <laughs> you need to get some embroidered ones. Yeah. Some patches. All right. Okay. Last. Is this the last one? No, there's a couple more. Oh okay. shoot! Dang, there's so many trends. Uh, boy, this what one? is this okay. one? Oh, oh, is okay. it Travis? It's, it's like a, a furry um <laughs> top, like a textured top, I guess Ooh, you would say. Oh, yeah. Textured top and then maybe it, like an oversized bottom. I, I, the third picture doesn't have really oversized. It's, but. it's almost. Think of more of like a time of the year. Or not time of the year, but like a time, like a time in the past. Uh, man, the 70s? Oh, so, yeah, maybe like um, 60s. So this is supposed to be Y2K. So uh, if you remember, uh, a lot of girls <laughs> in the early 2000s wore a lot of fur on their like okay. clothes. Man, that a lot of mini out. skirts and a lot of cargo pants. I feel like I kind of uh, remember. Dude, like I love cargo there. pants. Like yeah. for me, they yeah. never went out of style. Yeah, like, and then of course, so and then the, of course, the typical low-rise jeans are coming yeah. back. I didn't put those on there because I do not ever want to see them again. <laughs> what but, are low-rise jeans? I so, like, girls usually are wearing, like, high-rise jeans now. So, like, they come up to, like, their oh, belly button okay. now. Gotcha. And that's usually because so they, they can wear crop tops because crop tops are really in style right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but low-rise jeans are the ones that, you know, you went to school with and, like, girls would bend over and you'd be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I hate them. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Guys usually do like them, but I do not. All so right. So, it's about the trend. This one should be easy for you guys. Uh, oh, is it Dr. Herman? Uh, I think, think it is. So, so this is like, uh, these are like halter top kind of tops? Ish. Yeah, but there's a specific name for them. Oh, oh, specific name. Uh, 
Travis, I'm gonna call a friend, buddy. What's <laughs> what are these honky tonks called? Um, oh, boussiers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Corsets. Corsets. Okay. Yeah. Corsets. Nice. So this chick on the one that's wearing the brown, that yeah. one's more of like a, a corset like inspired top. So it okay. doesn't. It's not gonna like suck you in or like be really right. fitted. It yeah. literally just has the um, the stitching uh -huh. of a corset. So I really like those tops because it's they're not uncomfortable. But I also like the corset style tops, especially whenever you wear like a baggy shirt underneath, underneath it. Underneath it, for, yeah, I like that for look. the winter time. And yeah. then obviously um, this girl in all black, uh, monochromatic outfits mm -hmm. always look really great together. The, all, I think all three of those look sharp. They're different, but mm -hmm. I think they look sharp. Yeah, I yeah. like all of them. Super Absolutely. cute. Absolutely. And then, uh, here we go. Last one. Oh, this is the one that um, kind of uh, has the style of that black shirt that you like. Yeah, it's almost like a geometric skin exposed. I mean, I don't know mm -hmm. how what the right word would be. You're going, yeah, you're in the right spot. But it's like a geometric, you know, I don't want to say off the shoulder, but exposed skin shirt. There's probably yeah. a name for it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a specific name for this. The trend. Oh man! What do you think? The tr what do you think the specific name is? I just described it, Charles. If you know this, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you a beer because I'm I don't know. <laughs> I I do not. Uh, well, it's just called the cutout trend. Damn. So oh, anything oh, that has out a cutout trend. in it. I swear I was gonna say cut up shirt. That's yeah. what I was yeah. gonna say. So you could go like super extreme, like the two girls on the left, or you can yeah. do a little bit more moder modest. Yeah. I love those. I your, mean, show I mean, your shoulder, especially when it's colder. But the to, one, the to one me, in the this is art. Too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I like shirts like this because it's an artistic, you know, it wasn't like someone just, you know, built this in a sweatshop. Like, there was some, like, like artistry yeah. and, like, love in this, yeah. I do like it paired with the jeans, too. The one yeah. in the middle is probably my favorite, but the one paired with the jeans is, uh, is yeah, tough, yeah. too. Looks good. Yo. All right. Ooh. And this is the last one, how to mix prints. So yeah, this is so like, do you, this one's pretty easy. There's yeah, no way you're not. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. I, I thought it was really cool because I found this little how-to right uh -huh. there, and it it kind of inspired me to do something. So I'm just gonna go off from the beginner part. Um, you're supposed to, when you find a print that you really like, and then you find like the major color that's a part of it. So say it's navy blue. Okay. So from that step, you take that navy blue color and you find something that's uh, a geometric shape okay. that goes with it. So say you're, you have like a navy blue floral, like this girl um, with the, the periwinkle bag, the uh -huh. little blue bag. She she has like a navy <laughs> she has like a navy blue floral top, but her skirt is like a geometric skirt, but it has that blue it has in it. Up. Yeah. So that's some good accessorizing. It um yeah. So it all kind of goes together but it doesn't at the same time. Mm. So that's that's the trend and it's kind of tricky. So Man, yeah, there's gotta be like It kind gotta... of inspired me to try that because I've never done that before. What that's... I take away from that most is when, when I wear my like leopard, I have to wear a plaid as well with my leopard stuff. So see you already do it. <laughs> Dang. He's on trend. Man, you're boss, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but those were that that was all of them, right? That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so those were the winter trends. Man, I love that. Yeah. Uh, there's some, I mean, honestly, I, 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 the majority of those outfits I really did yeah. like. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of those trends that um, filter into men's clothing as well, like mm -hmm. the pattern mixing, yeah. the varsity jackets or yeah. bomber jackets, sure. um, the, the boots. chunky boots. Yeah, the boots. All of that stuff. So it's it's just that men are more likely to just wear what they always wear. <laughs> yeah. They're not right. more, they're, 
yeah, so a little <laughs> stuck in their ways. But girls usually try different stuff. So. Well, uh, I like that. That was a great segment, and I appreciate you being here to like educate us. Yeah. Because you know, uh, I feel like I. Yeah. I love the clothes. I'm gonna I'm gonna now pair my dry fit Adidas with like some uh, some leopard printing or something like that. Hashtag pattern maxing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh my gosh. There we go. All right, troll this. Uh, well, th also, this here, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, if you no guys like that segment, please leave us a like. Leave us a comment on what you think is a good trend for the winter. We'd love yeah. to hear from you. Absolutely. And Travis, do we have any questions? We, we do. We do. We have a few people tapped in. Someone asked, uh, would, would risk of surgery problems increase if you were flying and the plane lost pressure? Oh, pre uh, uh, so yeah, uh, potentially yes. Um, so that's going back to... So when you're on a plane and you're flying at 30,000 feet, mm -hmm. like the pressure outside the plane is very, very low. Like it's actually unsurvivable, not necessarily from the pressure, but from like the oxygen, but also the pressure is very low. So question being is, you know, if you, the plane lost pressure, would that increase your risk? Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, how much would it increase? It would just depend on what surgery you had. Like once again, if you had something like ocular, where you had stitches in your eye and you suddenly lost pressure, I mean, that could be bad. I mean, your eye could explode, not like, detonate but like it could like literally like extrude mm. or yeah no like through the because you know like the inside of your eye would have a pressure of like one atmosphere yeah. and then if the outside suddenly dropped to you know a very low pressure like 0.2 i don't know what thirty thousand feet atmospheres is <laughs> i wish i was smart enough to tell you but it, yeah i mean it could potentially make things worse for sure or if you had a seroma like that one girl did yeah. i mean it could come out very aggressively so yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I I'll have to look in the literature and see if there's any incidence of planes losing pressure and people having surgical complications. That'd be interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, there Absolutely. probably is a case study. Yeah, good question. All right. Well, someone else asked too. Um, is medical tourism bad if someone went from a third world country to a first world country? Okay. So asking like, so say somebody comes from, you know, a, a, a less regulated, more poor country than the United States. Mm. Um, well, I mean, that does happen. Um, you know, I think in that point, like, it's kind of a positive and negative thing. Like, the positives would be that if your country didn't have that strict regulation on, like, you know, medicine, doctors, surgeons, facilities, like, you would gain that advantage, which potentially could be a big deal. And I know that that does happen, like, in the medical world where people come to the United States to get medical care. I mean, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. um, the downsides would still apply, though. And so the downsides being that... There might be a language barrier. Uh, if you had complications, you might have already gone back home. And then also, like, what's your recourse if, like, you're in a foreign country or if you're from a foreign country? And, like, I don't know, can someone out of the country sue you for malpractice? I'm not sure. I mean, I get that a little bit, like, even for myself because I will have people reach out to me on social media and they say, oh, I saw your befores and afters and I want you to do my breast augmentation, but I live in, you know, California. I get plenty of people ask them from there, like New York. Um, I mean, I would do it, but like, I mean, in general, it's best to go to a doctor near you if they're of equal quality. So, I mean, I've had people travel for me. I haven't had anybody travel from out of the country yet. That would be cool, but, but it does present some problems. So I think it's worse going from first world to third world. Going from third to first is better, but it still has some potential challenges. Yeah. I, I can sense. totally see that. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. So. Definitely makes sense. That's all, all right. the questions that we have on okay. my end. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, I, I really love today's episode. Thought it was great. Thank you so much for uh, your yeah. segment, Sarah. Travis, thank you for your great answers. Absolutely. All those out there watching, thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Uh, please leave us a like and a comment and subscribe if you can. We'll see you next week on Nip Talk.